I turned on the small Art Deco lamp I'd found on eBay and settled into my chair, blanket around my shoulders, and opened a novel I'd checked out of the library. At least some things were reliable. Unlike the furnace, which exploded exactly one hour later with a noise you can't even imagine. Obviously, I lived. The house, on the other hand, did not fare quite so well. My mother used to say, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I was pretty sure I was ready after blowing up the house, but now Mary Poppins of the over 40 set magically appeared to rescue me. Instead, I sat for six more days at the Motel 6, drowning my sorrows in pints of Dove chocolate raspberry ice cream while I played the television for company and pretended I wasn't panicking. The day I met Roxanne for the first time, I gave my visa to the girl in the Albertsons line, and she shook her head. Do you have another one? I did, but it was the last one. I'd maxed out all the rest. Four of them, if you want to know the truth. As I handed over number five, even I, queen of denial, had to admit it was time for a change. I had to find a place to live and a job to keep me an ice cream until the insurance settlement came through. Back at my clean, uncluttered room, where I didn't have to worry about anything at all, not even vacuuming or dishes or whether I'd remembered to buy shampoo, I faced myself in the mirror, squared my shoulders. Time to rescue myself. First, clothes, since I was wearing an ancient skirt that had been in a bag of things I'd collected to go to Goodwill. I drove to Target, which was, once upon a time, one of my monthly stops. Today, the excessive light and acres of red on signs and walls and the t-shirts of clerks dazzled me. Music, modern and unfamiliar, poured out of the loudspeakers. There were so many jeans. Did I want low-slung or high? Was I too old for acid-washed? Would my expanding butt look stupid in the wide pockets? How could I choose? In the end, I took a pair that fit and rushed out of the store because my throat was starting to close. It was an oddity. The hitch I kept getting in my throat. It was as if I couldn't quite swallow. Sometimes, I was afraid that what I was holding back was a long, banshee scream. As I stood there in those polished aisles, it was way too easy to imagine throwing back my head and letting go, maybe in the men's department, beside the boxer shorts and socks where I spent so much time and money lovingly picking out underthings for Daniel. He'd liked funny boxers. Tasmanian Devil and Bugs Bunny in particular said it made him remember the kid he was inside, and sensible white cotton socks for the heavy boots he had to wear on job sites. When he turned 40, he started wearing silky, black-spotted socks and colored bikinis. Should have been a clue, I guess. But you're not really thinking your husband is going to fall in love with someone else. That's what other husbands do. Yes, I could scream a really long time. Instead, I grabbed an advertising circular from the racks outside of Target and headed for the village inn near my motel where I ordered a cup of coffee and some eggs and toast. Like a normal person. I opened the flyer. 
There were a lot of apartments in town, hundreds and hundreds. Again, I felt that fluttery sensation in my throat. Stirring too much sugar into my coffee, I took a long, soothing sip and promised myself ice cream if I at least looked at some of them. The first one I chose was stacked on a hill, a place of in-betweenness. I hadn't lived in an apartment since I was twenty-three years old, and I never much liked them, even in the old days. This one was a gigantic complex, three and four stories tall. I liked it, though, much prettier than the old boxy places I remembered. There were French doors opening onto little balconies that boasted views of King Supers and the mountains beyond. I was scared to death, sitting in the parking lot. So nervous my elbows felt weak and there was no logical reason for it. Not even as much logic as spiders in the basement. Just general life terror. The same fear that inflicts you the first day of school or starting a new job. Some sensible part of my brain said with a slap, Get over it. Get out of the car. Stop being such a wimp. I didn't know what was wrong with me. This was not 1952. It wasn't like divorce was uncommon. It wasn't as if I didn't have resources and brains. I'd led committees of 50, headed up fundraisers, organized the busy lives of my ex and my daughter, planned parties for a hundred. My garden was one of the most envied on the block, and I made perfumes. Beautiful perfumes. I was quite accomplished. But it didn't matter. Divorce was making me feel like a worm dug out of the nice loamy ground and flung out on the sidewalk. I was writhing and wincing and struggling to get back into the earth. Since I couldn't, I stepped out of the car, carefully locked the door behind me, and walked across the pavement to the office. In the reception area, which was very modern and clean with a huge arrangement of flowers that reminded me of a hotel, I waited for a girl to get off the phone. She waved a finger at me. Just a minute. I turned to read the notices on the bulletin board. Hand-printed ads for house-sitters and babysitters with individual tear-off flaps with phone numbers. A flyer for a lost cat with the sullen face of a Persian. Couches for sale. There were the predictable empty promises. Make money at home. Lose 30 pounds in 30 days, guaranteed. Feeling my gut billow out beneath my crossed arms, I thought I ought to give that one a call. The rest were odds and ends. Mostly odds. A drumming circle met on Thursday evenings. Women only, please. A tarot reader in Building 4 offered her services for $45. Call Roxanne. There was Sufi dancing at the Unity Church. Shamanism classes. Call White Wolf Woman. Five 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 four three oh nine. A slight buzzing roar blazed through my head, and I took an airless step backward. I was divorced, not weird. There had to be a better place to rent an apartment. The girl materialized beside me, her wash of thick, glossy hair swirling over her shoulders. Sorry, it was my boss. Sticking out a thin white hand, she added, On Monday. How can I help you? Monday's child? The rhyme ran through my head. Fair of face. She looked confused. 
No, you know, like the monsters. Oh, right. Nicole carrying, I mean, Bridges. I blinked the embarrassment of my name change away, squeezed her hand too hard. Did you want to look at an apartment? Um, well, I... With a grunt, I glanced back toward the flyers, stuck with pins and thumbtacks, blue and yellow, white and red, to the corkboard. Maybe this isn't the right spot for me. Following my gaze, she waved a hand. Oh, don't worry. People just do some different things when they're free for the first time in ages, you know. There are lots of different kinds of people who live here. Lots around your age, too, which is always nice, right? My age like a class of children to play with at recess. Sure, all right. She picked through a set of keys on a ring. Her cheeks were that natural blushy rose some fair-skinned girls have. With her dark hair and dark eyes, it made her look like Snow White. What would you like to see? Two bedroom, three? Um, another choice. Let me see them both, I guess. I'm not sure. Great. She gestured toward the parking lot. We also have an exercise room, a pool in the summer, and of course, a shopping center right across the street. Grocery store, videos, gas, all right there at your fingertips, and the best views in the city. Mmm. She wore pointed black plastic boots on slightly pigeon-toed feet, and even on this cool day, a slice of white skin showed between her blouse and the top of her jeans, which were what we would have called hip-huggers. I had a pair with three tiny snaps in front long, long ago. Something about her, the sweet...